Sorry, I need to turn off my vacuum. <laughs> yep, that's my vacuum. Okay, hello and welcome back to the Daily Bible Reading Show. Uh, what are we looking at today? I think we're in Isaiah and we're in 54, which is a very, very long chapter. Not going to lie, this is very, very formidable. But let's look at Isaiah chapter. 54 and begin with a prayer heavenly father help us to glean some small measure of your fullness your grace your love towards us in isaiah chapter 54 we pray in jesus name amen amen so this is isaiah chapter 54 sing O barren woman you who never bore a child <laughs> burst into song uh, shout for joy, you who are never in labor. Yikes. So she's a barren woman. She's never had children, and yet she's supposed to sing for joy. Why? Because verse 1, More are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. So uh, imagine this woman who has the perfect life, has a husband, has lots of kids. You're going to have more kids than her. God says this is this huge promise of restoration of fullness of joy to someone who perhaps has lost that joy, lost that hope of having children. Verse 2, enlarge the place of your tent. <laughs> A stretch. Your tents, curtains wise. Now, by tents, it's talking about their homes. So renovate your homes to fit in more children. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. 4 verse 3, you will be spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants oops, will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. You're going to have so many kids, it's going to overflow from your homes, so you have to renovate your homes, fit all of them, but they're going to fill other cities. You're going to have that many children. And this is God's promise to this woman who's kind of a picture of the people of Israel. You know, who've dwindled down to small numbers. And this is after experiencing God's judgment. They sin against God. God has judged them and kicked them out of their homes, out of their own country, and sent them into exile in Babylon. So it's after this event, and the numbers have dwindled down. But God says, hey, sing for joy. I'm going to restore you, and you're going to grow back into this fullness, into this nation of God's people. Verse 4, do not be afraid, you will not suffer shame, do not fear disgrace, you will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. 4 verse 5, your maker is your husband, God is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name, the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer, he is called the God of the earth. The Lord will call you back as if you were a wife deserted and distressed in spirit. A wife who married young, only to be rejected, says the Lord. Again, referring to that early experience of judgment, of rejection by God, God is going to call you back, going to restore you back to his love, almost wooing back this lost bride into this relationship with God. Verse seven, for a brief moment, I abandon you, but with deep compassion, I will bring you back. In a surge of anger, I hid my face for you, from you, sorry, for a moment, but with everlasting kindness, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. So it's comparing that experience that was real, that was painful, 
by describing it as short for a moment. And now to this fullness of joy of God's love as everlasting, you know, you compare this deep sense of shame over our sins, over our judgment for our sins, with God's fullness of his full forgiveness, his restoration, his joy. There is no comparison. That's what God is saying. Verse nine, to me, this is like the days of Noah. What's he talking about? Uh, when I swore that the waters of Noah would never again cover the earth. So talking about that judgment that covered the entire earth, that will never happen again. So this judgment you experience, it will never happen again. So now I've sworn not to be angry with you, angry with you, never to rebuke you again. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will never be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. So kind of like reassuring them, you know, this is the real thing. This is a permanent thing that God is offering them to them now. Verse 11, O afflicted city, speaks to them in compassion. O afflicted city, lashed by storms and not comfort. I will build you with stones of turquoise, your foundations with sapphires. I will make your battlements of rubies, your gates of sparkling jewels and all your walls of precious stones. So he's rebuilding this city that had been attacked and you imagine all the broken walls, but he's gonna rebuild it with precious stones, jewels. It's going to look even more impressive, even more love, even more treasure than it was before. Verse 13, all your sons will be taught by the Lord and great will be your children's peace. So it extends to your children's children. You know, it's, it's a promise not just for you, but for your descendants. And it's a relationship that they will have with God. Verse 14, in righteousness, you will be established Tyranny will be far from you, you will have nothing to fear. Terror will be far removed, it will not come near you. If anyone does attack you, it will not be my doing, God says. Whoever attacks you will surrender to you. That's interesting. He's saying that, you know, I won't judge you. You know, all my anger has been removed, but you will be attacked by God's enemies. It won't be me, but I will cause those people who attack you because of me to surrender to you. Verse 16, see it as I who created the blacksmith, who fans, into, fans the coals into flame, who forges a weapon fit for its work. And it is I who created the destroyer to work havoc. So God stands behind not just the salvation, but all the subsequent temptations and attacks by the enemies. He created the blacksmith, he created the destroyer, but it shows such that God's sovereignty is reflected in salvation and, and even deliverance from all these attacks from the enemies. No weapon forged against you, verse 17, will prevail, and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. So these attacks can also be accusations. How can it be that God loves you? But God says, I do love you. I will protect you, and you will be saved from all these accusations. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me, says the Lord, meaning God will stand up for you against all these accusations. God will almost vindicate you. God will almost be vindicated, justified in saving you and justifying you and forgiving you of your sins. 
So this, in other words, it's meant to be a reassurance of the reality of God's love. When we might be suspicious of it, you know, having experienced perhaps His judgment, a period of chastisement for something that we deserved, but God says, I have restored you. I do love you, I built you up in preciousness, and I will continue to protect you all the way to the last day and justify you before all my enemies, but also before my presence. You will be loved, you are loved, and I will love you with this everlasting love, God says in Isaiah chapter 54. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this reassurance, we need it. You know, there are times when we're suspicious of it, we're cynical of it, but thank you that you keep reminding us of just how much more you love us compared to the judgment that, ha that we sometimes deserve for our sins. You forgive us fully in Christ, and therefore nothing can stand against us because of Christ. It is He who's taken our judgment, He who stands as our justification before you. Thank you, Lord, for this reassurance and this reminder in Christ. We pray in his name. Amen. Amen. Isaiah 54, thank you for listening, watching, whatever. Take care and God bless. Bye.